the whole chapter. We've just been enjoying the book of Romans and what a lot of blessing it was going right through Romans. Then we come to Corinthians. And our first impression of Corinthians is what a mess. <laughs> and it's difficult, isn't it, to take it all in, what a mess the Corinthians were in. Um, so we're going to read from chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labour. For you are labourers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. Let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, 
or the world or life or death or things present or things to come all are yours and ye are Christ's and Christ is God's. So chapter 3 takes us back to chapter 1 and remember we had a whistleblower in chapter 1 uh, that Paul got to know that there was divisions in the assembly at Corinth. There was contentions and it adds in verse 3 there there was envy and strife. All these things were bad. And what Paul says, it's not spiritual behaviour, it is carnal behaviour. He says unto them, I could not speak unto you as spiritual. There's a, a rebuke for them, isn't it? I, I could not speak to you as spiritual, but as carnal, as unto babes in Christ. He said, I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For you are yet carnal. All this carnal behaviour that's going on. Now, it's what we mean by the word carnal, isn't it? We have three expressions. We have the natural man, which is the unbeliever. That's what it means, the unbeliever. And the natural man receiveth not the things of God, their foolishness and Jim. Neither can he discern them because they're spiritually discerned. So the first thing we do is give thanks there, don't we, that we have spiritual discernment as being Christians and the Lord's children. Then you have the carnal man. Also it means women as well, yes, it's everybody. The carnal man is the one who is a believer. They are believers. But they're walking in the flesh. That's what it means. Walking in the flesh rather than in the spirit. And then you have the spiritual man. Which in scripture is classified as that's the normal state of a Christian. The spiritual man or woman. However, it's maintaining that normal state, isn't it? It would be very bold for someone to stand up in here and say, I'm maintaining an absolutely wonderful, brilliant spiritual state before the Lord. What is a spiritual state? Like Galatians tells us, isn't it? We walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. We live in the spirit. Therefore, let us walk in the spirit. That's what it's all about, isn't it? The Spirit of God which dwells within us. That is spiritual. Now Paul talks about them as babes. This may not mean that they are very new-born Christians, just born again. Babes means they are not spiritually growing. They need growth, yes. They need to come out of this carnal state and grow in maturity and be fed with meat. And that's very important that we do that, isn't it? It's also the similar thing in, in Hebrews. Hebrews had this problem as well. Hebrews 
when I find it. <laughs> anyway, it's the place where in Hebrews where he's saying they Paul was said he was feeding them with milk and not meat because they weren't able to abide that meat so it's a very similar principle to what we see here in their spiritual state sorry it's 5 verse 12 thank you Andrew it's when you get a new Bible you know you get a new Bible you think you can't find anything (laughs) so let me go back to that then it's Hebrews 5 verse 12 did you say Thank you. It says, for, when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Now become such as of need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that is, useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil and e good yes so that's what we need to be we should be having the meat now if we do have new believers because new believers can come into the assembly can't they we tend to speak from this platform very deep truths don't we uh, and sometimes very complex truths we teach and we must not forget that if there's babes, genuine people just being saved, you know, they're not going to understand a great deal of this. They need more help in order to get them, as we say, up to speed with what's going on. And that would take a long time to do that. So we have to remember that when we stood up here speaking all these, speaking all these wonderful things. Don't forget those who are new in the faith. Um, they need to understand and we have to try and keep things simple for them they're babes so this carnal behaviour is divisions I am for Paul, I am for Paulus I am for Peter Paul says it's carnal behaviour and who is Paul? who is Apollos? who is Peter? is Peter? Simply this, servants of God. That's it. Don't glory in men. They're simple servants of God. And Paul and Apollos and Cephas would be men who took the lowest place. And that's very important for us as well, to be like our Lord Jesus Christ who took the lowest place. And he says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but it is God that gives the increase. It's God's work, isn't it? And there it says, we are labourers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. So we're going to talk about building now. We need to grow. We're now talking about building. And when we're going to talk about building, in this context in Corinthians, it's a, a local church. It's classified as God's building, God's husbandry, 
That's it's been tilled, the land has been tilled with the expectation of it will bring forth fruitfulness. So it's God's husbandry and it's God's building. Uh, that's local to Corinth and also it can be regional as well. The important thing here is what we have to remind ourselves is of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew 16, where he says to Peter, who do they say that I am? And Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And on this testimony, Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now this is what Christ builds. It's nothing to do with man. We're going to see in 1 Corinthians 3 what man builds. This is what Christ builds. And, it's, and Peter is called Petros, which is a small stone. That's why people get confused with this text. And Petra is a bedrock, which is Christ, a huge rock. Christ is the foundation and the chief cornerstone. And he is building. Similar to Ephesians 2. Ye are built upon the foundations of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth into a holy temple in the Lord. This means the whole church, yes, the one body of Christ, he's talking about, which Christ builds. And then Peter tells us, we come unto him as a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, chosen of God and precious, but we also as living stones are built up a spiritual house. Stones being built, stones being added. It's, it's invisible, we can't see that, can we? But it's been done. It's Christ's work. It is Christ's building. Someday, one stone will be the last. And the church will be gone. But here we have a local expression of it in Corinth. We have builders now. And builders can add to it good things. Yeah, gold, silver, precious jewels. Or bad things, wood, hay, stubble. So man's building comes into it. But Paul says, according to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, and the supreme architect, remember, is our Lord Jesus Christ. I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Don't digress away from Christ is the foundation. So it says, every man's work shall be made manifest. That's all of us. It's all of us in this room. It's all Christians throughout the world. Every man's work will be manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, 
which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved as by fire. So one day we're going to be before the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and we're not being judged as a Christian as, as such, we're judged on the works. It's nothing to do with salvation. Yes, we are saved. We will be there. Uh, but it's about rewards that the Lord will give for faithful service down here. That's what it's all about. How well are we faithfully serving the Lord here? And the Lord who knows everything will bring it out on that day. And if it's wood, hay and stubble, not to his glory, then it'll be burnt up. And if we're in that position, we'll be very glad to see it burnt up. But what we're hoping for, aren't we, is the, the gold, the silver, the precious stones in what we're building. Then we learn that, know ye not that ye are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Again, that's a local expression, isn't it? There is another expression in, in further on in Corinthians where ye are individually the temple of God and the Holy Spirit dwells within you. And we've got to remember that wonderful fact, aren't we, as we go about our daily life, that the Holy Spirit dwells amongst us and in us personally. And then some get concerned about this because then he says, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. So immediately you think, oh, I hope I haven't defiled the temple of God. <laughs> but it doesn't mean what you think it means. Right? Defiling the temple of God is bringing corruption into the church. We've been going through the seven churches revelation. We've been seeing, haven't we, from the seven churches, bad doctrine that corrupts fully uh, and it's that corruption anyone who brings bad doctrine and corruption into the church that's what this means they are defiling the temple of God they will be destroyed and then he comes back to this issue of the, of the world and worldly wisdom which was again in chapter 1 and 2 wasn't it the world's wisdom God's wisdom man's wisdom We've got the wisdom of God, haven't we? And how precious that we've got the hidden wisdom of God, that we understand the word of God. And this is how we grow spiritually. Reading God's word, praying, obedience. It's all part of growing spiritually. To be a spiritual man or woman. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. And the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. The Corinthians loved glorying in men, don't they? They, they loved their philosophy. They thought they were very clever and intellectual. And they had their great orators 
that would say magnificent things. It's all worldly wisdom. Therefore, he says, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Don't glory in men. Get your eyes off men. Fix your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. The brethren often say, if you keep your eyes on the brethren, uh, you'll stumble. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one to fix your eyes upon. Don't glory in men. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. Now, isn't that a lovely expression? If you think of all the spiritual blessings that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, all are ours. The things to come, look at the things that's coming, yes? In glory with our Lord Jesus Christ. When he comes again to reign upon this earth, we're coming with him in glory. And we'll reign with him. All is ours. The world, life, death. Death is ours. Strange expression, isn't it? You know, if you say, death is yours, <laughs> you'd be thinking, what? <laughs> death is ours. Why is death ours? Because we're taken into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has gone into death and come out the other side of death. So when we come to that time, if we, you shouldn't have to worry about it now, just wait till the time comes, because you get grace when the time comes, you're going into death, and you'll come out the other side, into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. So death is ours. And death can be a blessing, yes. Paul was in a twix between two, wasn't he? Should he stay here and uh, for the benefit of the children of God, or should he go home? And he, and he thought to himself, well, to go home is much better. I'd rather be with the Lord up there, but it was more needful that he stayed to support the children of God. So the Lord left him here a little bit longer. But all things are ours. And all those things are in Christ Jesus, <coughs> our Lord. In Christ, in Him, we have everything, don't we? In Him. It's Ephesians chapter 1. In Him. And Christ is God's. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself. So we see two direct distinctions there, don't we? we well, we'll look at the carnal. The natural man, we now know what the natural man is, the unbeliever cannot discern spiritual things. The carnal man or woman who is a believer but walking in the flesh, the spiritual man or woman walking in the spirit with a disciplined life, prayerful life, reading the word of God. You've got to keep in the word of God, haven't we? All of us, we must keep in the word of God each day. For spiritual growth. And we'll learn. We're still in a school, aren't we? We're still learning. And we'll all be learning till we get to glory. Then we'll see the whole fullness of it. 
learning will stop because we've got the reality of everything when we get to glory. So these are wonderful things and <clears throat> we hope that the Corinthians came out of their carnal behaviour and started acting as spiritual. As we'll find later on, there was other problems as well, like sexual immorality uh, in the church of the worst kind. So, lots of things to think about there. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, we do thank thee that we have the precious word of God in our hands, and we give thanks for it.